Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. And you know, we don't have the right to access what we do not pursue. We don't have the right to access what we do not pursue. And so if you need freedom tonight, you've got to pursue it. You've got to take the step. They sang that song, I choose to be free. You know, the Holy Ghost doesn't just show up and drop in your lap because you, you came to church, because you dressed up real nice and came to a youth rally. But you've got to pursue with your whole heart, with your mind, with everything inside of you, your, your determination's got to be, Lord, whatever it takes. I didn't come for anybody else. I'm not here for the crowd. I'm here for you. I'm singled in. I'm focused, God. I'm determined. I'm going to get what you have for me. I'm going to tell you, God's got something for each and every one of us individually. I'm not talking about collectively as a church. Sure, he wants to take us somewhere as a church. There's no doubt about that. But God's got something for each and every one individually. I say that with confidence because I know that, that the Spirit of the Lord is here to set somebody free, set somebody free that's been bound up, that's been in, the, in, in, in bondage. Maybe it's your own mind that's put you there. Maybe it's the enemy that's breathing down your neck. But the Holy Ghost, from the very outset, when they, when they came up with this theme, break free, can I tell you, they didn't just pull it out of thin air, but they did it through prayer and through fasting. And a lot of thought went into it. And can I tell you, as the Holy Ghost was ministering to me, that Lord, the Lord said, I want to set the captive free. But it's up to you. It's up to you. God's not just going to do it. Amen. How many of you are ready? Could you just lift your hands right now to heaven and say, God, whatever it is that you have for me, I'm ready for it. Lord, I don't care what it is. I may be a little nervous. I may be a little anxious. I may be a little scared or timid. But, but Lord, I will take you at your word. James 1.17 said, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. You will not do anything bad, Lord. You're not here to embarrass or to shame me. But just the opposite, God, you're here to break the chains. Uh, Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the anointing of God. I pray, Lord Jesus, it wouldn't just be an average, ordinary, dull service that we leave here and forget about what you said, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that somebody would access. I pray that somebody would pursue, God, so that we have the right to access your presence tonight. Lord, it's not just going to drop in my lap, but I'm going to go get it, God. I'm going to chase it with a determination in my heart. I'm not here for the crowd, God. I'm not here for anybody but for you, Lord. I'm not here, God, but to hear your word. I only want to hear what the Spirit has to say. And God, open my heart right now. Come on, I'm surrendering my life. Come on, would you press through a little bit more, young people? I'm surrendering all to you right now, God. I give it all up, Lord Jesus. My desires, my dreams, my goals, my vision, my plan, I give it all to you, Lord. I put it in your hands. I don't know where you're taking me. I don't know where you want to lead me, God, but I'm willing to follow you to the ends of the earth, God. I'm willing to go. I'm not willing just to talk about it, but I'm willing to put feet, God, to my faith. I'm willing to put action to it, Lord God. Whatever it is you ask, Lord, I'm ready to do it. Come on, Lord Jesus, come like a come like a, a, a flood, God, and saturate us. Lord, let the Holy Ghost blow in from the four winds of heaven, and God, fill this place with your glory. Fill this place with your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not there yet, but we're going to get there. Isaiah chapter 43, if you have your Bibles. Amen. I'm so thankful that uh, it was announced that I would be preaching, and you showed up anyway, so I really appreciate that. Amen. Amen. And I love this district. I love Wisconsin. You, you folks are so wonderful um, all the time to me. You're always so nice to me, and I just, feel, I just feel at home here. And so I thank you for that. Isaiah chapter 43, if you have your Bibles, if, if not, it'll be on the screen. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Isaiah 43, and starting in number, verse number 18, this is the Lord speaking. He said, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Somebody say a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Right now. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness 
and rivers in the desert. I'd say that's a new thing. I've never seen a road in the wilderness. I've never seen rivers in the desert. But God's come to do a new thing. Verse 20 said, the beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Why? To give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Hallelujah. Anybody want to break free tonight? Amen. Anybody want to put the former things in the past behind you and just move on to what God has in store? Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. What's new? That's what people ask you. They haven't seen you in a while. Some of you asked me that tonight. What's new? Have you ever had anybody come up to you and say, what's old? I doubt it because nobody cares about what's old, right? I don't care about the past. I'm not wondering about the past, especially if I know about you and I know a little bit about your past. I don't care about your past. I want to know what's new. What's going on with you? What's, what's popping today? I want to know something's going on with you. I want to know you're alive. And are you moving forward in the right direction? Nobody cares to hear about what's old. Breaking out of your comfort zone can be scary, can it? Anybody been there, done that? I mean, just I can remember back to my parents taking the training wheels off my, off my bicycle. I was scared to death. I thought I was going to die. I cried. I threw a fit. I don't I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. Well, I did it. And I lived to tell the story. Thank God. Anybody anybody ever done something new that was scary? Now, some of you have heard this story, but I think it's relevant. I'm just going to tell it. You're going to hear it again. I went skydiving one time. Anybody ever went skydiving before? Josh, you've heard this. Raise your hand if you've gone skydiving. Wow, there's some people in the house. Two crazies. I see three crazies. Let me tell you about my skydiving experience, okay? It was 2005, and my friend and I, Jonathan Pond, is he's a hick. Y'all probably don't have hicks up here. You might. Oh, you got farms everywhere. What am I talking about? This guy's a country boy. Everything about the country. Now, I know I sound like a country boy, but I'm from Austin, Texas. They say, keep Austin weird. They're, it's just weird. It's just, it's like Madison, they say, and it's weird. So I didn't know anything about the country. I didn't know anything about shooting guns, but growing up, I grew up with John, Jonathan Pond is his name. It's a perfect name for a country boy. And we, we would go cow tipping or he would go cow tipping. I would stand and watch him go cow tipping. And uh, one, one day we decided we're going to go skydiving. So now we were talking smack, all kinds of smack, up to the day of, and then here comes the day, and I, literally, folks, I wake in a cold sweat, because I'm thinking, <laughs> there's no backing out now. I've talked all this smack, so it's good to see you, Mike and Becky, I've just seen you. Um, so I'm talking all this smack, and, uh, but now's the day. So there are two places around Austin, Texas where you can go skydiving. One's in San Marcos, and that's the reputable place. And the other is in Lexington. Now, since we're, we're, we're jumping 10,000 feet out of an airplane, we're going to pick the cheapest place, okay? <laughs> Mistake number one. So we're driving out to Lexington. It's about an hour, maybe an hour and a half from Austin, Texas, and we're passing cows and goats and sheep and chickens, and I'm thinking, uh, this, this is weird. Well, we pull down a gravel road, and this is supposed to be the spot where we skydive. There are shacks that line the left of the road, and there are chickens running around. So this don't look right. We're lost, and thank God that we're lost because I won't be jumping out of a plane today. And right about that time, here comes a man out of one of these shacks. He's waving his hand. He's got two teeth, literally, in his head, and he says, Hey, you guys here for skydiving? I said, oh, Lord, we're caught. My nose is running already because it's like it's 15 below up here. 
or something like that. So, so yeah, we're here for skydiving. We're caught. We go into one of these little shacks, and they're in the shack is lined with these. Uh, it's full of these desks. You remember the old school desks that are attached to the chair? So it's a room full of that uh, of those chairs. And on the smallest monitor you've ever seen, in black and white, with rolling with the snow, we we are watching a skydiving safety video. <laughs> And so, so we watch it, and they bring us a packet, and basically we sign our lives away. If we die, our family's not going to sue. If we break bones, we're not going to sue you. I'm responsible for jumping out of a plane, basically. And I didn't like what I was signing. I was, I was thinking, what am I doing here? But John wouldn't crack, and so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to crack. I'm, I'm going to act tough, you know. Well, you have to jump with an instructor. So we uh, go outside, and the instructor is pack packing my parachute, and I'm asking him, what's your success rate? <laughs> have you lost anybody? Has anybody died? Has anybody broken any bones? He said, you know, I've jumped about 6,000 times, and nobody's, nobody's died yet. No, no broken bones yet. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good, pretty good odds. So... So we, he puts me in, in this harness that comes over your shoulders and it comes up here against your upper legs. And he just kind of pulls tight. You've got, two, you've got four metal clips that are like your keychain, two at the top back and two at the lower back. You're connected to him. He's behind you. We get in this plane, folks, and I don't have the imagination to make this up. There is duct tape that is holding up the insides of the plane. Some of the plane is coming, falling in and... I'm thinking, well, I'm going to die today. <laughs> but John wouldn't crack, and so I'm not cracking, but I'm repenting. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready to go. By the time that day was over, I was ready. The psalmist talks about secret sins. I had them all out there. I, I was ready to go. And you, 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 you fly for 15 minutes. The captain does whatever he does. It's just... Sounds like he just cuts the engine off and you're suspended there in midair. I don't know. So we get to the edge of the plane. I'm first, of course. And he says, you know, on the count of three, just roll out. No big deal. Easy for you to say. So he counts to three and I can't move. Cannot move. I'm frozen in time thinking, oh, what am I doing? He said, hey, I don't know if you heard me, but I said, I'm going to count to three and you're just going to roll out. So he counts to three again, and I'm paralyzed, folks. I, I'm not doing it. I can't. He said, I'll just, I'll, I'll help you out here. I'm going to count to three, and I'll give you a little nudge. <laughs> so I heard two. I didn't hear three, and we were out of the plane. The first thing I'm doing is looking back and making sure the guy's still attached to me. <laughs> and once I figure out this guy's still attached, well, then it's actually fun. I actually settle in, settle down, and I'm having a good time with the wind flying in my face. And you fall for 45 seconds before he pulls the parachute. Now, he gave me instructions before, before we left the plane. He said, I'm going to wave my arms in front of you. And that's how you're going to know I'm going to pull the parachute. You're going to need to know that because you're going to feel a slight tug. Okay, so he waves his arms in front of me. And here comes a slight tug. He pulls that parachute, folks, and I fall through my harness. Not all the way. But what was up here against my upper legs now is underneath my knees. My backside's coming through the harness, uh, coming out, and my shoulders are coming through the straps. I'm screaming, something's not right. <laughs> And I'm hanging on to a strap, to a rope, something that's connected to him for dear life and freaking out. He said, hey, you're, you're fine. If you don't believe me, you can go on YouTube and you can look at an 80-something-year-old lady who did it, but hers was worse. She actually fell completely, I believe, out of her, her, her top here, and the, and, the, and the man had to hold her so she wouldn't fall. I guess, you know, I was probably a good, I know it's hard to believe. Um, I was a good 20 pounds heavier at that point. He didn't get me in there tight enough. So he said, oh, you're a fat boy, you're good. Well, I wasn't good. 
And here's John over to the right of me, and he's doing tricks. You know, they're flipping in the air. They're t- I said, we ain't doing any of that. I just want to get to the ground now. It's a minute and a half till you get to the ground. And when you hit the ground, you don't just plop down real nice like you would think, like I would think. You know, no, the wind's carrying you, so you have to run. Slow down. Well, guess who couldn't run? I didn't have any legs to run. Can I tell you, I hurt for weeks, folks. I did a new thing that day. It was a dumb thing. I will never do it again. But I can live to say I, 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 had, I lived, I had the experience. It was, it was great. Now, if you go skydiving, don't pick the cheap place, all right? Just pay the big bucks, okay? You don't want to lose your life. But, uh, you know, it's, it's scary sometimes to get out of our comfort zone and, and to step into something new. Can I tell you, I'll give you a few examples of people doing something new, all right? At the age of one years old, one year old, Christian Frederick Heineken, he's a legendary child prodigy. He had read the first five books of the Bible at age one. I'd say that's new. At age two, speed skater Bonnie Blair began skating. She would go on to win five Olympic gold medals, but she started skating at the age of two. At age seven, English philosopher and economist John Stuart Mill had mastered Greek at the age of seven years old. How about at age 10, B'nai Vought became the youngest chess master in the world, only age 10. Age 11, Victoria Van Meter became the youngest girl to fly across the United States. That just kind of makes me mad, so let's move on. Okay, at age 47, 47, Kent Couch attached 105 helium balloons to a lawn chair and flew 193 miles. Now that's pretty cool. How many of you would try it? Oh, I don't know. I, I ain't with you, man. I'm not getting on that. At age 59, Satchel Paige became the oldest major league baseball player at age 59. At age 71, I'm going to attempt to pronounce this man's name. Katsuzuki Yanagisawa. That's probably not right. A retired Japanese school teacher became the oldest person at age 71 to climb Mount Everest. How about at age 92? Paul Spangler became... Well, Paul Spangler finished his 14th marathon at age 92. How many of you run a marathon before? 26 miles. Me neither. What's our excuse? This guy's 92, and he finished his 14th marathon. And here's one more. Frank Shearer is 100 years old. 100 years old. He seems to be the oldest active water skier in the world. Age 100. Here's the point, young people, old people, all of us. Here's the point. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. We've got some young people in here, some young, young people that have maybe just gotten the youth group. We've got some old people in here. I'm part of them, you know. I'm in my 30s. That's really old and ancient. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. It's never too early. It's never too late. The time is always right. To break free from the former things, from the old and from the comfortable, and to do something brand new. Amen. It's those people that we respect the most, that we look up to the most, that that we talk about the most. It's those people that we want to be like the most, those people who said, uh, despite my fear, I'm going to step out, I'm going to do whatever it takes, I've got to do a new thing. I, I may fall, I may make mistakes, I may fall flat on my face, but I refuse to sit here in the ordinary and the comfortable and the average and the mundane, I'm tired of it, i got to do something new. I mean, how about your pastor? Think about your pastor, young people. Are you thankful for a man of God who stepped into a city where there was not a church and he said, I'm going to do a new thing? Amen. Many of you are here tonight because your pastor had that vision. Hey, I'm sure he was scared. I'm sure he was anxious. I'm sure he didn't have all the answers. But can I tell you, you're here tonight because somebody obeyed the voice of God and said, I'm getting out of the form of things and I'm stepping into something new. 
And how about you, young person? Think about your own life. Think about your own testimony and how far you've come. Amen. Do you remember repenting of your sins and and crying those tears and and feeling the Holy Ghost all over you? But now it's not just all over you, but it's coming inside of you. And all of a sudden, you're speaking in a language that you've never known before. You're baptized, buried with Jesus Christ in baptism, and you're raised to new life again. And God began a new work in you. Can I tell you, but that was just the new birth. That was just the new beginning. God ain't done there. You ain't meant to stop there, but God's got so many brand new things in store for you. You can't even imagine it. It's about to blow your mind. But it's those people who, despite their fear, they said, I don't care what it takes. I want the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me into something new. Amen. Can I tell you that old is good for reference? Old is good for just a few things. Old is good to hang a picture on the mantle and say, hey, I remember yesteryear. Don't we have a beautiful family? Old is good to look at that pit that you were dug from and say, I'm never going to forget where I came from. Amen. Old is good to remember Jesus Christ delivering me from a pit of sin. Old is good for that. But the old ain't meant to live in. The old ain't meant to stay in. We serve a God of the new. Lamentations 3 said his mercies are new every morning. <laughs> I've heard people talk to me and say, hey, man, I just don't know. I, I think I've gone too far. I just don't think God's got anything from me. I, I, can I tell you the very fact that that's on your mind, that's the grace of God at work. The very fact that you're breathing God's air means I'm not done with you yet, my child. I love you. I've got something great for you. Amen. The very fact that you've experienced a sunrise, that shows that God's mercy is new for you today and that there's hope in Jesus Christ and you don't have to hang out in the, in the, in the old and the ordinary anymore, but step into something brand new. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew 26, Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant, the new promise, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. In John chapter 13, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. In Revelation 21, 5, he said, he that sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. <laughs> we serve a God of the new. He would tell Noah, build an ark. It never rained before, but I want you to build a massive boat so that whosoever will will be saved. <laughs> never seen water fall from the sky, but I'm going to give you the dimensions for an ark. I'd say that's something brand new. He would lead his people with a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. I'd say that's new. He would tell his prophet Hosea to marry a prostitute. When his people despised him, when they rejected him, when they did their own thing, when, when they just went out and did whatever they wanted to do, he told Hosea, I want you to go buy her off that block. I want to show my people how much I love them. And no matter what they do, I'm going to chase them. And no matter what they do, I've got a plan for them. And I want freedom for them. And I want love for them. And I want hope for them. I'd say that's something new. I've never known a love like that, but it didn't stop there. Jesus Christ came to earth as a little baby boy when they expected him to come as a king, right? on a white horse to overthrow the iron-fisted rule of the Roman government. He didn't come that way, but he found a young little lady that nobody knew about. She's just on the backside of some hill somewhere, but he said, hey, I think I can use you, and I want to use you. I'm going to be born through you, just a virgin girl that nobody knows. I'd say that's brand new. He would teach in the temple at 12 years of age, the scribes and the Pharisees and the doctors of the law. I'd say that's brand new. We've never seen that before. He would spit in the man's eyes and heal him of his blindness. I'd say that's new. He would raise the dead. We've never seen that before. He would speak to the winds and waves and they would obey him. He would take two fish and five loaves of bread that you and I can't do anything with. We can hardly feed ourselves with that. Jesus Christ would break him up and he would feed over 5,000 followers with just two fish and five loaves of bread. I'd say that's something brand new. He would be innocent of any wrongdoing, yet he would take nails to his hands and his feet for you and I because he loved us. Unconditional love that we had never seen before. You want something new tonight? I wonder if there's anybody in this place that's tired of the old and you want something new. I wonder if there's anybody that's ready for God to use you like he's never used you before. I wonder if there's someone who realizes that just going through the motions and just doing what I've always done is a recipe for getting what I've always gotten and I'm tired of what I've always gotten but I want to experience something that I've never experienced before and if I'm going to do that I need
need to move. When God says move, I better pick up my feet and go. It's time to step into it. I desire for God to do something that I've never seen him do before. I desire everything that I've dreamed of, but maybe I've been too nervous. That calling of God that's been placed on my heart, but I just can't see how I'm to obtain it. That longing to be used by God, that gifting, that talent, that anointing that he's placed inside of me, I know that he wants to use it for his glory. Can I tell you tonight, young person, it's time to step into it. Doesn't matter how young or how old you are, it's time to step into it. God's looking for somebody with a spirit of yes. Amen. <laughs> Can I tell you, in order to cross over into something new, something old has to die. Something old has to be left behind. You can't have your cake and eat it too. I, growing up, I would, I would collect basketball cards and, and I would spread them out across my bed. And it took me a while to organize them, you know. Sometimes it'd take three or four nights and I would sleep on the floor while my basketball cards <laughs> laid on the bed. And as I got older, it, I was, I'm still weird. I'm still weird. You know, I would, I would, I would be in my apartment and I'd have... Um, I'm a clean freak, so my apartment always be clean. I always have a really nice room, and everything was prepared. The sheets were always clean because I never slept on my bed. I always slept on the couch because I always thought, I'm going to miss something here in the living room. I don't know what I'm going to miss, but I'm going to miss it if I'm back there in my bedroom. <laughs> but see, folks, you, you got to let go of some things. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you, you can't take the old baggage with you, but you got to let it go if you want God to do something brand new. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus saw great multitudes about him. He gave a command to depart to the other side. And then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You sure you want to follow me? Because we ain't going to sit still. Because there's no time to park. Because I'm on the move and I'm doing something. He would tell David, hey, you're, you're a man of war. I don't want you building my tabernacle. In fact, I've never had a tabernacle. I've never been in one solitary place. I've been on the move. I've been leading these people through. I ain't about to sit still. Can I tell you, we serve a God of the new. And just when you, when you want a victory, you want to sit there and you want to just uh, uh, play patty cake. You want to clap your hands and give yourself some praise that yet you were brought through. But God said, hey, what are you doing sitting down there? I'm ready to move. Verse 21, then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me. Let the dead bury their dead. I'll follow you, Lord, but first I got some things to take care of. Oh, you want to follow me your way? I ain't having it. I'm gone. I'm long gone. If you really want to follow me, the cost of discipleship, you better leave it all behind. Come on, you got to leave the former things behind. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost is talking to you. You got to leave the former things behind. You say you want to be used to God, you better step into it because I'm on the move. Verse 23. Now when they got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea. You know this story well, don't you? In so much, I lost my place. Am I in the New King James or what? <laughs> so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke, awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? And Luke, Luke's version said, Jesus, where is your faith? Where's your faith? You see, anybody ever seen that map at the mall that said, you are here? Thank you, genius. I don't want to be here. I want to be over there. But hey, we need to have a good attitude about where we're at right now. We got to, we got to realize where we're at if we want to get to where we're going. We can't have a bad attitude. We got, to, we got to realize, hey, I'm in this place. I don't want to be in this place. I want to be over there. We got to have a good understanding of where we are. Some of you are right here. I'll tell you where you're at. You're in a place of unrest. You're in a place of uneasiness. You're, you're in a place of anxiety. Maybe some doubt going on in your mind. Maybe some of you are dealing with some unforgiveness. And you can't seem to progress. You can't seem to move forward. Perhaps some of you are dealing with some fear. 
Some of you are in a place of questioning, indecisiveness. Should I sell out? Should I really give all for that AYC trip? Should I really go on missions trip this year and, and just see what God will do? Or am I just too focused on my school and my college? You know, I need to take care of that first. Some of you are in a place of indecisiveness. Some of you are in a place of hurt and some pain. Maybe that nobody else even knows about. And you're sitting right there in the pain. Some of you are in this place of shame, of guilt. You've done some things you know you should not have done, but the enemy's breathing down your neck and he's trying to tell you there's no forgiveness for you. Can I tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell? But some of you are in this place right here. That's what you're dealing with. You don't want to be here, but you want to be over there because there's a good place and, and there's a place of peace and there's a place where you can hold your head up high. There's a place of joy and contentment. There's a place where the thrill and excitement of living for God outweighs the death and the sorrow and the sadness and you don't want to be here, but you want to be there. But Jesus Christ wanted you to be there first. He's the one that said, get in the boat. We're going to the other side. This is one thing you need to remember. He wants you there worse than you want to be there. Because he knows what's on the other side. There's a blessing on the other side. There's a new level of anointing on the other side. There's a new ministry on the other side. You see, on the other side, there's a man that's lonely, that's filled with demons, that he's, he's possessed, and nobody cares about this man, but all they do, anytime they see him, they just, they just try to bind him with chains because they don't know what to do with him. He's got no friends, no family. Nobody loves this guy. He's all alone. But if you can make it to the other side, you're about to see this man be delivered. Ha. Huh. I feel the Holy Ghost. The Lord knows there's a new season over there. That's why he wants you there. And you know there's a new season there. But here's what happens. Every time, every time on our way from here to there, inevitably a storm arises. Every time. Because the enemy of your soul knows what's over there too. He don't want you over there. Get in the boat, Jesus said. Well, you, you had enough sense to obey his command and just get in the boat. Some of you are in the house of God. You're in the church of God because, hey, you got enough sense to be here on a Friday night. You know this is where things happen. You know this is where God is. So, so you made that choice, okay? But the enemy of your soul doesn't want you to make it over to the other side. So he's going to bring a storm every single time without fail. And here's what we do in the middle of the storm. Those were expert fishermen, weren't they? They'd been through those storms before. Tell me, somebody tell me, what, what were the fishermen doing in the storm? Anybody have any ideas? Were they just sitting there, just riding it out? No, what were they doing? No, they were doing everything they could to get out of the storm, right? Or they, they, they had their little measly buckets and they were, they were throwing the water back over, right? They were trying to get out of the storm. They're doing everything in their power. They're getting the life jackets. You know, put this on. It's about to be bad. If they had any lifeboats, they're, they're making sure those are prepared. What are they doing? Everything in their power they can do to get through the storm. And all the while, Jesus is on the back of the boat just sleeping. He's relaxed. He's at peace. And here's what happens every single time. We rely upon our own resources in the storm. What's going to make me feel better in this moment in time? I know that that relationship's not for me. I know that boy, that girl is not is not what God has for me, that God's got so much more in store for me. But when I'm lonely, ah, it's just easy to send that Snapchat. It's just easy to send a text because I want that temporary satisfaction. I want that relief. And so we rely upon our own resources in the storm. I'm not just talking to young people tonight, I'm talking to old people too. You know that those prescription drugs are not what God has for you. You know God wants to deliver you from that. When the going gets tough, ah, I, let me just go to that cabinet. I know that God's got so much more for me, but I'm in the middle of the storm, man, and I just want some temporary relief. And so we go to our own resource every single time. The enemy doesn't want us to be over there. He wants us to stay right here and hang out in the storm. Can I challenge you here for a minute that we cannot afford to get comfortable doing things our own way because we're going to miss God moments all over the place. And I tell you, God moments are happening all the time. God is always on the move. As I said, he doesn't sit still. The spirit world is always at work. 
A war is always raging for your soul and for the soul of your neighbor and for, for the soul of your family and your friends. There's always a war going on of good versus evil. And God never takes vacations. And angels never take breaks. And demons never take naps. And the devil is on the move as well. He's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's out to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. And he'll stop at nothing less until that happens. The spirit world is never at rest. But if we're honest with ourselves, young people, we take plenty of breaks. I said if we're honest with ourselves, we take plenty of, of breaks. I'm talking, all, I'm talking to me too, okay? We willfully choose distractions our own resources over prayer because it's easier. We'd rather put on a program at church. We'd rather invite people to Six Flags, you know, so we can get them in the door rather than just pray and fast and do the hard work. We would rather choose food over fasting, man, because, hey, we set out to fast in the morning, and we, we, we know, we made up our mind we're going to fast, and by 10 o'clock, man, our stomach's growling. Hey, maybe I'll just fast breakfast and I'll go get lunch because it's easier that way. We choose recreation over, the, over reading the word of God because, hey, man, it's just easier. I don't want to read boring Leviticus, man. It's just easier to do my own thing. Come on, I'm talking to each and every one of us. But the reality is that the choices that we make, we are either feeding the flesh or we're feeding the spirit. That's it. There's only two choices that we make. And we're either feeding the flesh or we're feeding the spirit. And most of the time in our lives, I hate to say it, but the spirit is anemic and the flesh is obese. Most of the time in our lives, we, we lock the spirit up in a cage and we visit it a few times a week and give it a, a few rations, you know, just to keep it alive. We visit it with a worship service and, and maybe some prayer and some good preaching and, and, and maybe a few uh, minutes of fellowship, maybe, maybe even a few minutes at the altar. Man, if we're really getting with it, we may spend 10 minutes at the altar. And all the while, the flesh is as fat as a Thanksgiving turkey. Everything that the flesh wants, the flesh gets. If I'm hungry, I'm just going to eat. If I'm lonely, I'm just going to send that text. I'm just going to Snapchat. I'm just going to put something on Instagram so I can see how many likes I get. If I'm tired, I'm just going to relax, man. I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to take a vacation. And the flesh is totally tuned out to hear what God is trying to tell the church. And he's trying to wake us up each and every day. He's trying to say, hey, I've got so much more for you. And instead of being sensitive to somebody else's needs, we pass them right by. And instead of speaking faith, we speak flesh. And we live beneath our means as children of God. And we justify our actions by saying, we live in a real world. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Any ever, anybody ever look back with regret over your life? Who'll be honest and say, yeah, I've got maybe a space of time. I'll look back and I regret. Can I tell you nine times out of ten that that regret stems from you doing things in the flesh and not being in the spirit? Think about it. Think about your regret. Why do you regret it? Because you're in the flesh and you weren't in the spirit. But I come to bring some great news to somebody today. Romans chapter 8, Paul said, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Amen. My God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Verse 7 said, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It is impossible for our nature, our fleshly nature, to be submitted to the will of God. And in verse 8, if you didn't get it before, Paul makes it real clear, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. We are not pleasing God when we make decisions that accommodate the flesh. And we can try to patty cake. We just say, hey, man, I'm just, I'm just in a rut right now. I'm just struggling a little bit. Can I tell you, if we're after the flesh, we are not pleasing God, but only if we're after the spirit. Oh, my God. 
But can you imagine facing your situation prepared and not having to get prepared? Oh, you need healing? I'm sorry. Hold on. Wait, just uh, give, give me 10 minutes, all right? Lord Jesus, I really need you to, come on, come on. I really need you. I know I've been feeding the flesh all day, but I really need your power. Come on, just infuse me with your power. It ain't going to work, folks. But can you imagine walking into the situation prepared? Oh, you need healing? Yeah, let's pray for you right now. God can heal that cancer like that. No big deal. No big deal. Because I'm prepared. Because I've been walking after the spirit and not after the flesh. Can I tell you, that's God's will for your life, young person. Everybody in this room, that's God's will for your life. That you be the light of the world. That you be the salt of the earth. That you lay your hand on somebody and they experience healing and deliverance and forgiveness and salvation and freedom. It's time for us to rise up and take our rightful position as the church of the living God. God is on the go. Come on, somebody. Don't you allow yourself to get too comfortable. He's ready to do a new thing through you. And instead of calling your pastor to take care of it, you can take care of it. Instead of calling a church leader to give a Bible study, you can be the Bible study. You can give it. God never skips steps, folks. God never, ever, ever, ever skips steps. In our mind, we think, hey, if we just ignore what God is telling us to do, it'll just go away. Oh, we don't consciously say that, but subconsciously when we do our own thing and we do not listen to the voice of God, what we're saying is, just give it time. I'll circumvent this. But God said, Jesus said, get in the boat. I didn't say we're, we're walking there. And surely there were some people who thought, no, nah, I ain't getting the boat, man. I can walk there. Okay, fine. Well, Jesus is on the move and you're going to miss it. Because we can't do it our way. And what Jesus Christ wants us to learn in the storm, we will only learn it in the storm. We cannot learn in clear blue skies what Jesus Christ is trying to teach us in the storm. It's impossible. And although we don't voice this, sometimes we live in such a way that if we ignore the test long enough, it's just going to go away. No, can I tell you, the test will never, ever go away. You'll keep failing it. You'll keep having to retake it. But it'll never go away. And can I tell you, I, I hate to say it, folks, but unfortunately, there are people, some people, it even takes them years, folks, in this same position, in the same storm of life because they're unwilling to submit themselves fully to the plan of God. Now, whenever you're ready to submit, God takes you right back around and says, okay, you ready to do it my way? You ready to wake me up and have me step to the bow of the boat so I can do something about this storm? You ready to do it my way? Because you're not doing it your way. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. Can I tell you? That's why the psalmist, he learned it. In Psalm 46, he said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. He said the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. He said, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease under the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come on, somebody, you better get it in your head. that I can't do it my way. I'm not getting through the storm my way, but I got to do it here way there's only one way God I need you to be my refuge from the storm and we love to think that the storm is about me it's about my problem it's about my issue it's all about me but can I tell you it's not about me at all and it's not about you at all but if you can lift up your eyes and see a bigger purpose because that demonic man's got a storm going on inside of his heart that nothing else will fix until you get to the other side I said that demon-possessed man that you can be Christ too. it's not going to happen until you get out of the storm and quit worrying about yourself and realize this storm is preparing me for a greater ministry, for a greater anointing, for a greater level, so God can use me. 
Come on, somebody. Lift up your hands right now and say, God, I surrender. In the storm, if I'm going through a storm right now, I surrender. If I'm going through something right now I don't understand, I'm leaning heavy into you, God. I'm leaning into you. I'm not leaning to my own understanding, but I'm acknowledging you in all my ways. I'm putting my life in your hands. I want your Holy Spirit to direct me. I need your guidance, God. I'm walking with you. I'm not doing it my way anymore, God. Come on, it's time for somebody to break free. Come on, it's time for somebody to break free. Come on, it's time for somebody to experience freedom in the house. For once and for all. Come on, young people, the Holy Ghost is stirring. God is moving right now. Come on, while you feel it, come on, you better, you better give all to you, God. I surrender. I ain't holding anything back, God. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm ready. Oh, I feel the power of God in this place. It's somebody's day to receive the Holy Ghost. It's somebody's day to receive direction. It's somebody's day to receive healing in their body. It's going to happen tonight in Jesus' name. Ah, in order for us to break free, to break completely free from this chain, the flesh must die. It must die. We must surrender all. Not just what I want to give to you, God, but all. There's only one way to do it, folks. If we don't come his way, that means we're coming in pride and we're coming our way. And the psalmist said, though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is nigh unto the brokenhearted and save as such which be of a contrite spirit. Somebody said, I don't have it all together, God. I'm coming your way. I'm not coming my way. I'm coming with the spirit of Abel that said, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to bring it. I'm not going to be like Cain and act like my offering is something big and something great and grand. You don't even looking at that, God. You want, you first require a sacrifice of humility. Your way. I cannot do it my way. If I'm in the flesh, I'm not pleasing you, God. And I can't afford to be in the flesh. Genesis chapter 22, verse 4. I'm almost done. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. And he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And we'll come back to you. You may think that we had a worship service a few minutes ago. We sang a few songs, and I'm, though I'm, I'm so thankful for the praise singers and musicians leading us right into the throne room of God. But can I submit to you that true worship is obedience to God? But here's what we do. Can I get the most spiritual person in the room? How about you, brother? Could you stand here? Here's what we do. I'm not going to. You, you be God, and I'll be me. I'll be flesh. Okay, here's what we do. God just does this. Come on. Come on. That's what God does. Here's what we do. Especially at, the, at a really rocking service. Okay? Ten minutes at the altar. We may even cry a few tears. We feel refreshed. God's, God's saying, come on. Come on. Deep's calling unto deep. We cry a few tears. Man, that, that felt good. That felt good. So we step over the threshold. There's the flesh, here's the spirit. We step over the threshold and we stop. We stop. God said, come on, come on. I've got more for you, but we stop. I'm good, I'm gonna go eat. I'm gonna go hang with my friends. I'm gonna go chill. I'm gonna walk out these doors and in 10 minutes I'm gonna forget about what you did and what you were trying to call me to, God. Can I tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost, thank you, you can be. I feel the Holy Ghost right now that God said, I'm ready to do something new with you, but I can't do it if you're just doing the same thing. If you're just doing the same thing and expecting different results, you're what? Insane. You're insane because it's not going to happen your way. You can't keep doing it your way and expect me to just show up like a magic pill that you can take. What happens when you need to lose weight? You diet, don't you? What happens if you want to be buff? You, get, you go to the gym. Oh, you can take these dietary pills that, that, that work like magic for a few seconds, but quit taking them and see what happens. Okay, because that stuff's not lasting and it's not real. Oh, you can have a ministry by trying to weasel your way to the top and trying to, uh, you know, slap the big dogs on the back and say, hey, man, I I'm going to buddy up with you, okay? Yeah, that'll last for two minutes, but can I tell you, it will not sustain you. And here's, here's what I think. Here's, here, here's our problem. 
is that we can go to NAYC, folks, and anybody can live for God at NAYC. Anybody can live for God when the man of God, I mean, the preacher is just, man, he is going 90 to nothing. Man, it's the greatest preacher. They got the greatest singers. And man, that, that place has happened with 34,000 young people. Anybody can live for God there. A monkey could live for God there. But what happens when you're here in a place like this, where it's just a little uncomfortable, this place is smaller, and you know, and I'm back at my home church, and I know the youth group really needs a leader to just step out and change the atmosphere. Well, man, I don't know. I know, God, you want to use me, but man, I don't know. Yeah. My God. Can I tell you, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same God in NYC that he is in your little old youth group. Oh, I can't do much. Can I tell you, God can do a lot with a little if you've got a spirit of Yes. But I'm satisfied, Lord, with letting a few tears stream down my face and walking away from your presence. And we cross back over the threshold. We were in the spirit. We just crossed over the threshold and we go back to the flesh and say, God, maybe I'll see you next week. But my God, he's looking for somebody that says, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to you, God, no matter what it takes. I'll be here all night if that's what it takes because I'm desperate for your presence and I can't go on living in the old and the familiar, but I gotta have something brand new. Can I tell you, true worship equals obedience to the spirit of God. And that little nudge that you feel right now, it's not emotion. That's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, come worship. Come on, give a little bit more than you've ever given before. I want you to worship me. God's asking for you to step across the aisle and lay your hands on somebody you know is struggling. What are you waiting on? Don't wait on the preacher. You ain't going to bother me. Just go ahead and step out and do a new thing. It's time to break free from the past and from the old self and to step into what God has prepared for you, young people. Business as usual is over. Business as usual is done with. I can't afford to be left behind, but he's on the move and I'm going with him. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and God said, I want to use these young people. I'm ready to set the captive free tonight, but I'm getting ready to do a brand new thing through them and it's not going to happen in their flesh. It's not going to happen their way, but that old self must die out so that the spirit can live. There will be no self-glorification in my presence. God says, I'm not about to do a brand new thing so that you can talk about what you did, so that you can post what you did. I ain't about to do that. I ain't looking for that, but I'm about to do a brand new thing so that the world knows my name. I'm about to do a brand new thing so that the world knows my authority and my power and my government. That's what I want to do is win this lost and dying world. But without obedience to the Spirit of God, you and I might as well just pack our bags and go home. There's no use being in the church. We could be at the YMCA. We could be doing anything else, man, right now. If we're not willing to obey God, what's the point? But I think there are some young people in this place that said, whatever it takes. I've made up my mind like Abraham did. God, I don't understand what you're asking me to do. I mean, I just don't understand it. You promised me this, but now you're asking me to sacrifice Isaac on an altar? Is, uh, what, what kind of craziness is that? I don't understand it. And some of us stop right there because I don't understand, I ain't doing it. But that ain't faith. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him because we walk by faith and not by sight. But I believe there's some young people tonight that got the spirit of Abraham said, I'm going a little bit further to worship than I've ever gone before. I'm going to have to leave some old things behind. You servants and, and all you people, you're going to have to stay here. I'm going to move past you because I can't worship bringing some old baggage. You're going to have to stay here. <laughs> My God, it's time for a new thing. It's time for us to worship out with the old and in with the new. It's time to dig as the spirit deep is calling unto deep and the spirit is asking us for our Isaac. Because I can't make you a great nation, Abraham, if you're not willing to obey me. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know what, Joe? It's pretty easy. You know, looking back, it's pretty easy. Abraham, I told him, leave your home, leave your heart behind, leave your family, leave it. That's one thing. He did, and I understand that he trusts me a little bit, but that's easy to do. I ask you to leave your heart at home. I mean, it's in a man to adventure. It's in a man to go out. It's in all of you, you young people. You want to travel the world. It's, it's no big deal to leave home, but where it hurts is when he asks you to put your heart on the altar and raise that knife and come on down with it. That's where it hurts. God, I'm willing to leave my house. I'm willing to give you what I want to give you, but man, now you're asking too much of me right now. But Abraham, if you're going to be the father of many nations, I need to know I can trust you. Whew. 
Oh, God. I trust you, God. And we say that. How many times do we say that? I trust you. But does God trust me? My God. Does God trust me to raise that knife and to bring it down? God's asking somebody for your Isaac tonight. He's asking once and for all. He's been on your mind and heart to give it up, to give it over to him. And you haven't wanted to do it, but you found ways around his word. And you found ways to justify it. And you found ways to do your own thing. But can I tell you the Holy Ghost? Deep is calling unto deep. He said, if you want to live for me, young people, it's time to go all in. If you want to live for me, it's time to give everything. If you want to live for me, it's got to, it's got to happen with a whatever it takes mentality. That's it. And I must be willing to go further than I've ever gone before. And I must be willing to give more than I've ever gone before. And I must be willing to push past the flesh and push past 10 minutes of prayer and into 15 minutes and maybe into 20 minutes and maybe even into an hour because deep's calling unto deep and the Lord is saying, I can't have anything less than your very best. If you want me to do something new through you, you got to do something new. You got to let go of some old things. So... Forget about your past, young people. So what? We've all failed. We've all made mistakes. I'm here to offer good news to you tonight. Don't hang back in the past. Some of you are letting the enemy just tell you, no, you can't, you can't ever be anything from God. That's a lie from the devil. Leave that in the past and step out into something brand new. So what? You did something that displeased God. So fall on your face and repent and get up. It's not the end of the story. There are brand new mercies today for you. <laughs> all you got to do is step into it. So you didn't witness to that person that you should have and you let them slip through your fingers and you don't know where they are today and they could be lost. Shake it off because God said, I'm not about to do something new through your flesh. You got to leave the flesh behind. Let the flesh die out. It ain't about you, honey. It's about what I'm trying to do in you and somebody's about to break free and break forth into your destiny tonight if you want it bad enough. The Holy Ghost is here and God is speaking. Don't be afraid and let me take you to a new place. Somebody say a new thing. New, not kind of new. Isaiah 42, I am the Lord, that is my name and my glory. I will not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Here we are, right here, folks, right here in Scripture. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. What is he doing right now? Before they spring forth, I'm going to tell you of them. But check out the next verse. Sing unto the Lord a new song. You want me to do something brand new? You better move, honey. You want me to do something I've never done before? You better do something you've never done before. You better show me how bad you want it. You better show me how much you're in. I'm all in, God. Whatever it takes, I'll run around the church. I'll look like a fool for you. I really don't care. I'm going to step out because it ain't about my friends anymore. It ain't about what other people think anymore. It's about your will, and that's it. Man, this guy's just too radical, man. He's just up here uh, red in the face. What's his problem? Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost is so strong on me right now. I wish somebody would feel it. I wish somebody would get with it. I wish somebody would stand to your feet and say, yes, God, a spirit of yes. It's in me. I want it. Because oh, God's going to have a church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. God's going to have a church. But it ain't guaranteed that I'm in it. It ain't guaranteed that I got a spot. And I'm chasing him with everything I've got. Can I tell you the gifts of the Spirit want to be in operation in this place tonight? That God wants to use somebody in a way you've never been used before. Perhaps God wants to use you in a gift of healing. Perhaps God wants to use you with a gift of faith. And you can lay a hand on your neighbor and speak faith and speak life and speak hope. But it's up to you. I said it's up to you. I choose to be free. I choose to break forth. I choose to leave the old behind. I choose to take you at your word. I choose to trust you, God. I will do what you say. Oh, my God. Don't be afraid to let God take you to new heights in the spirit you've never experienced before. Don't be afraid to let the Holy Ghost take you to where you've never been before. I feel the Holy Ghost anointing right now. Come on, somebody's about to be free. Ha, <laughs> ha. Come on, I ain't just talking about receiving the Holy Ghost, although I'm talking about that too. But somebody's about to be free from the former and the fleshly things. Somebody's about to step into the Spirit with a hunger for God that you've never had before. Oh, music, would you help me? We just need we just need music. We don't need singers. We, we, we come on. We just we need a push. We need a press. Come on, young people, would you help me? 
God, I don't care what it takes. I'm showing you this is a real deal. I'm all in. I'm pushing ahead. God, I'm pressing forth. Come on, I need an answer from you, God, but I'm willing to show you what I'm about to do to get it. I need an answer from you, God, but I'm willing to give everything to you. I'm not holding anything back. I want you to use me like you never used me before, God. Come on, young people. I want if you pray like you never prayed before. I want if you reach God like you never reached Him before. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost anointing right now that's breaking some yokes in this building. Oh, the Lord said, I ain't satisfied. The Lord said, I ain't satisfied, but I'm looking for a worshiper. I'm looking for somebody who's going to obey my voice. Come on, young people, it's in you. Come on, all you got to do is rise up and let your faith rise and say, yes, God. I'm stepping into it. Oh, I'm stepping into it. I'm breaking free tonight. I'm breaking free tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, come to this altar. If you need direction, come to this altar. If you need healing, come to this altar. If you need something from God, come to this altar. Come on, young people, help me out. If you're the church of God, if you got healing in your hands, if you got the gift of faith, why don't you lay hands on somebody? Uh-huh. Oh, God, you'll, you'll accept nothing less than my best. You'll accept nothing less than my best. Come on, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. Oh, God. Let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation, Lord. Come on, let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation. Come on, be on somebody's heart and on somebody's mind that they cannot do the things they used to do, that they're stepping into the new.